0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read PG 13. Hey, Bears fans. This is Andrew Link coming to you with the Monster on the Mic podcast. Yeah, this is going to be a new podcast that I'm doing with Windy City Gridiron, part of SB Nation Sports. So for all you Bears fans out there and WCGers out there, yeah, this is going to be a new little something that I'm putting together and really excited about it. It's going to be a solo deal for the time being, but I'm sure as we go along, you know, we'll be able to get some get some guests on here get some you know people going through hopefully you know reach out get some you know some of those uh SB Nation contacts working for us and you know see what we can what we can do in the meantime I will definitely have some guests from WCG on as well as a few of the other local blogs in Chicago but yeah so uh excited about this hope you are too and let's get it started first ever episode of Monster on the Mic and of course anybody who follows me understands that I am indeed a monster so um <laughs> so we're starting this up as a as a kind of a new push from uh SB Nation uh we're going to you know, obviously, we have WCG Radio already under the umbrella, and Lester's T-Formation Conversation will be coming over as well. So we're going to have three podcasts coming to you on a weekly basis, uh, at least on a weekly basis you know, uh, from here on out. So we're really excited about that. Uh, big things are happening at WCG, and, and everybody here is really excited about it. So... Um, Without further ado, let's get to some actual Bears talk. Now, as far as the Bears are concerned, we really couldn't have picked a better time to kind of kick this thing off. Um, the Bears are, you know, coming off of a massive uh, 48 to 10 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Um, it was really, you know, kind of a breakout performance for Mitch Trubisky. You know, not a lot needs to be said there. I mean, obviously, six touchdown passes speaks for itself. 354 yards, you know, keeps his completion percentage over 70%, Um just kind of an, an all-out domination of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, let's not forget that, that the defense, they did their part of this as well. So, you know, this was a really, really big game. A lot of things to to take away. A lot of things that you know you like to see from from the Bears' perspective. Now, I kind of teased this on Twitter a little bit earlier in the week, leading up to the game, where it it kind of sounded a little bit different when I listened to Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky's press conferences in you know during the middle of the week, kind of following the Arizona game it was obvious that something needed to change. It was, there was really just not any kind of rhythm or in syncness. I'm just making that word up right now to the offense really in any of the first three games of the season. So something needed to change. It was pretty obvious that when they were talking that that something had, something had changed internally. And I, I kind of referenced that as, something to the effect of a come to Jesus moment and look every one of us has had those in our lives at some point or another where maybe you're at work or and your boss comes to you and says hey look you know your your performance ain't ain't up to par we need to get this going and you turn it around and and you become you know a rock star employee for for your company or You know, maybe it's it's with you know a kid and a parent or something to that effect. But everybody in their life has had one of these conversations, one of these these moments, these aha moments in their life. And it and it seemed that that was something that happened somewhere between that Arizona game at the end of it and you know prior to that press conference that that we heard. So something happened in the quarterback room that was obvious. The other thing that I heard Matt Nagy say, especially, was getting back to the meat and potatoes of this offense. What does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, we're not talking about dumbing down the offense per se. We're not talking about, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna run, you know, ten percent of the offense. This isn't like you know, back when when we had. Um, you know Craig Krenzel running the offense for for Christ's sakes. I mean this is a, this is a little bit different here. What what that really meant was we saw the the basic plays in this offense, the RPOs, the the, the quick hitters, the, the misdirection stuff, the the crossing routes where you're 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 running pick plays, trying to get guys open, different things like this. So what I thought was really interesting is. That they said, "Hey, let's get back to those basics. Let's get back to the meat and potatoes—the things that we know work." And we saw that. And it, Matt Nagy even said, "We didn't—we didn't necessarily, ch- you know, change anything or limit what we were going to run. We got back to running what we were supposed to be running the whole time." I think there was a part of this where Matt Nagy admitted that he got a little too cute and maybe added a little bit more than maybe Mitch and the rest of the offense. I mean, let's not forget that everybody in this offense is new, and a lot of these guys are new to the team as well, um, that it was just too much to handle for everybody. So you get back to running the stuff that you've been running all through OTAs, all through mini camps, all through training camp, all through the preseason, and bam. It's right there for you. You know, you, you see the timing was there. The blocking was good. The routes were on point. Guys were catching the ball. Guys were wide open. Mitch was delivering the balls on time, on target, and it looked really, really good. So that was something that, that I, you know, kind of teased during the week because I expected to see maybe not six touchdowns, but the 354 yards. Sure, that's something that I. I kind of expected to see this week, especially against that, that Buccaneers defense. That secondary is just, I mean, they're bad. They had one, one sack of Trubisky and honestly, he was, he was a, a spin away from, from getting out of that one too. And, and making another big play. So, you know, and let's not, let's not forget. There was a couple of throws that he left on the field. I mean, that's going to happen. Everybody's going to leave throws on the field It happens every week. You know, Tom Brady's kind of looked bad so far this season, honestly, uh, especially against Detroit. You've seen, uh, you know, Drew Brees has not had a Drew Brees-like season. Aaron Rodgers has not had an Aaron Rodgers-like season. So let's not sit here and pretend that, oh, my God, every quarterback in the NFL is making every throw. They're making every read correctly. That's just simply not true. So, you know, it's – We're at a point now where I think the offense has the chemistry together. They have some timing together. And most of all, there's a confidence level between Mitch and Matt Nagy and all the other players on offense where you can say, all right, now we know we can do this. We know we can go out there and put up, Uh, 483 total yards of offense, and that was really with doing almost nothing in the second half. I mean, let's face it; you know, the fourth quarter was, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and a few kneel downs, and and before that, there was a couple big plays in the in the third quarter, but nothing really to write home about. So, had they not been blowing out Tampa Bay, they may have put up 600 yards in this game. So, that offense was just rolling, and and we now see what the what the ceiling kind of looks like and i'm not entirely sure that that is the ceiling i think that there there is more that they could do um the running game wasn't particularly great i don't think jordan howard has gotten gotten going yet i thought that the offensive line had some had some interesting snafus i'm going to call them where i i, I noticed on one play Kyle Long and Cody Whitehair both turned towards each other and ran into each other and blocked nobody. Deion Sims has been just brutally awful in in uh, uh, run blocking. Uh, Trey Burton can't really run block either. So there's there's things to improve upon here. This isn't the, this isn't the ceiling. Maybe six touchdown passes for Mitch is the ceiling. Um, I, I'm not expecting to see that again, but I I think that you know going forward seeing games in the in the two eighty to three twenty five range with you know two to three touchdowns and an interception or something like that, I think that's very reasonable to expect. Now it's going to be a matter of whether or not Matt Nagy can continue to not get too cute. Let's let this offense continue to gel with the plays that they are comfortable running. And if you want to add a wrinkle here or there, such as the fake screen pass where they threw it to Josh Bellamy. Now, if you want to add stuff like that in, sure, that's that's fine. That's great because you already have the play design. All you're really changing is two guys routes. And then you're, throwing, you're pump faking, looking off the safety and throwing the ball to the inside receiver who crosses with the flanker. And by the way, on that play, if anybody has a chance to look at it on All-22, I will be doing another uh, Mitch Please video at some point uh, this week. So be on the lookout for that. This play will be on there. But on that play, if you look at it from the All-22, you can see very clearly that Mitch does a wonderful job of not only pump faking to Tariq Cohen, who's the receiver that is running the screen route, the you know, he's kind of just turns around and, and flares towards the sideline to catch the screen pass. But Alan Robinson runs a deep post route and crosses over with Bellamy. Mitch looks to the the, the post first, to Alan Robinson. And he stares him down for just a second and then comes back to Bellamy, who he knew was going to be wide open over there. And that's the kind of thing that that I want to see. And I've seen that a few times now where you're starting to see when Mitch is really comfortable and he's getting, you know, humming along in the offense a little bit, and you see some of these really nice throws that he's had throughout the course of the season, a lot of these are him looking off the safety. And you're seeing him getting guys open that way. Now, he doesn't always hit, hit the – the throw. Um, but for the most part, he is making the plays that are there. And the other thing that I, you know, I want to just reiterate to people is for the most part, he's making all the right reads too. Sure. All quarterbacks, like I said, they're going to all miss throws. They're all going to miss reads, but I would say 90% of the time he's making the right read. So it's not that he's not seeing the field. It's not any of that. Some of it is, I just think that he was seeing it too slowly. And you have to, you have to trust, you have to process the play first and then trust your receiver to be where he's supposed to be. Trust your arm to make the throw. But if you see that a hair too late, and we're talking a fraction of a second too late, that throw, that window is not there anymore. It's gone. So I, I think... That's where the thinking and the processing and the new offense has come into play, you know, early on in the season so far. And so really, if if Matt Nagy has gotten to that point where he's now comfortable and in a groove as a play caller and, you know, he has we've seen him. He's been setting up plays for for a later date. And I think we're going to continue to see that over the course of the season. But if he can keep the the basics the same, those plays work. And the the players are comfortable running them. And I think what we're going to see is the players just going out there and playing football. And that's what you're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs right now because that whole offense knows the playbook. They, I mean, they really have one new guy at the skill position players other than Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes – Knows the offense because he was there, and they were used. They were splitting some of that time in practice to get him reps in the offense because Alex Smith was in what his fifth season in, in Kansas City last year. So it's it's not like it's not like Patrick Mahomes is is some you know football savant who you know magically digested uh, this same offense in one season. He's a whole year ahead of Mitch Trubisky right now. And he has, he has the godfather, Andy Reid, as his coach and his mentor. We have a disciple of the godfather. I'm not saying he's worse, but I am saying that he doesn't quite have the same experience of bringing along young quarterbacks that Andy Reid does. I mean, look back in his career, Donovan McNabb and you have Brett Favre and you have you have a lot of guys that Andy Reed, Andy Reid has worked with over the years. So, let's let's just take a step off the ledge a little bit, you know, bask in in the glory of a six touchdown performance, but just know that I think going forward we're going to see more games that are closer to this game than the games that we saw early on in the season in those first 3 weeks. So with that, let's move over to the defense and, and you know talk about them for a second. The defense really all season has been just incredible. I mean, they've been playing their butts off. You saw it again this past week. Another four-sack performance. Khalil Mack with another uh, strip sack, force fumble. Um, and, and he just missed another one. That interception that, that Danny Trevathan got, uh, you know, that was another one where where Khalil Mack went around the edge and he swatted at the ball and, and it just kind of popped up in the air and Danny Trevathan was there to to capitalize on it. And, you know, another one you saw was uh, the Eddie Jackson. The Eddie Jackson play was, was really nice. And this is what I expected to see from Eddie Jackson this year. I expected to see a guy take a step and... With the way that the front seven is playing, I want to see the secondary take more chances. And a play like that where you diagnose it and you kind of, you know where he's going to go, you know where where the quarterback's going to go with the ball, and you bait him into the throw. And Eddie Jackson baited him into the throw. And if he times that up just a hair better, or actually if the throw was a little bit higher, it was a little bit of a low throw, but if, if he times it up a little bit better, that's a pick six. I mean, he's gone. There, there's nothing but daylight behind it, but he has to kind of dive forward for that ball. So that's one of those things that comes with timing. That's, a, that's an instinctual thing. I think that kind of, you know, comes with experience too. But I did like to see that, you know, it, it was another play where a- Akeem Hicks had a nice pressure on that play, caused the, the quick pass. I don't think that let's see that was Fitzpatrick I think that he picked off and I don't think P- Fitzpatrick saw Eddie Jackson there kind of baiting him into that throw and he had to rush it too so that was a nice play Aaron Lynch with the other interception um, I I gotta say Aaron, Aaron Lynch has been a very pleasant surprise now when he was signed I was expecting to see kind of what we're seeing right now maybe, maybe not the dropping into coverage and intercepting a pass but um i did expect to see this sort of this level of you know pass produ- pass rush production from him um but when he basically sat out the entire training camp and preseason and you weren't even sure if he was going to suit up for green bay in week 1 you kind of had to take a step back and say i'm not entirely sure that that aaron lynch is is going to give you anything. You had to kind of assume that he was a complete bust of a, of a free agent signing. Now, I'm, I'm very glad that, that is not the case, um, especially with Leonard Floyd having the broken hand. Um, he's, he's struggling, Leonard Floyd is. So having the nice surprise with Aaron Lynch is is wonderful for this defense, uh, especially with Hicks having another all-pro-type performance. Um, touched on, on Leonard Floyd there for a second. I want to talk about him a little bit more. I, he's struggling in, in, as a pass rusher, but I think a lot of that has to do with his hand because he was using his hands really well in training camp and in the preseason. I think we're going to see... Coming out of the bye, I think that's when Leonard Floyd's going to explode a little bit from a pass rushing perspective. But let's not discount what he has done. He's been excellent against the run, and he's been excellent in pass coverage. So as a a utility outside linebacker, just kind of a jack-of-all-trades sort of player, he's really doing a wonderful job. And let's also not forget that Leonard Floyd's probably caused at least somewhere around the six to eight holding penalty range that have not been called on him this so far this year. And I'm talking egregious penalties that just were not called. So he is doing the job. He's just not getting any credit for it. And it, it kind of stinks, but I do think that eventually he's going to break out and I would not be shocked to see him come out. And, and maybe it's not against Miami. Maybe, um, you know, maybe it's it's the Patriots or the Bills or or the Jets where he comes out and has a, a two or three sack performance and just really gets back on track and then has a monster second half of the season, which would be absolutely incredible. If you had Leonard Floyd playing to his potential with Khalil Mack having the season that he's having so far, plus Aaron Lynch, you know, rotating in there. Akeem Hicks is having a monster year again. Eddie Goldman's playing well. And then you throw in, you know, Roy Roberts and Harris, who's having, you know, I mean he's he's not having a, a spectacular year, but it's it's solid. He's he's taken a step from last season. He's added some pass rush moves. That's that's another guy who's who looks really good. And on top of that, you have the rookie Bilal Nichols, who is just playing fantastic right now. And personally, I, I think Bilal Nichols has gotta be the guy who who's is starting opposite of Akeem Hicks. He's played the best out of the three so far of Bullard, Roy Robertson, Harris and, uh, Nichols. So I, I'm, in, in my opinion, I think that that's what they should do. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but, um, that's what I would do. Um, then getting to the inside linebackers, obviously Danny Trevathan is off to a really nice start to the season. This is the player, you know, that we thought we were going to see when when he was, you know, first signed here. He had that, you know, patella um, tendon injury in in the first season that he was here. What was that, 2016? Then he's kind of coming back from it last year. You saw the flashes of the player that he was in Denver, but now you're you're really seeing the player that you thought we were getting when he signed here uh, three years ago. So that's been a really nice uh, surprise. And and so is Roquan Smith. I mean, Roquan's not making any splash plays, but what he's doing is he is shutting down opposing tight ends. This defense has not given up jack squat to the opposing tight end all year long. And this is something that's been a bugaboo for the Bears defense for pretty much ever I mean the tight end just always seems to kill the Bears it doesn't matter who we play how good or bad the tight end is but this season I mean through four games has any tight end really done anything against the Bears I mean I don't think so how about running backs that's been another bugaboo is the running back out of the backfield Little arrow routes and, and circle routes and just little flare passes into the into the flat that, that somehow end up becoming, you know, 20-yard gains and, and, and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, those two, Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith, regardless of what their statistics say, they are completely shutting down the tight end and the running back for the opposing team's pass offense. That's wonderful. Um, beyond that, you know, Prince of Mucamara being hurt that, that hurts a little bit, but I thought Kevin Tolliver played, played pretty well for our undrafted rookie free agent in his first ever game. If they're going to play him, I think he's a press man corner, which is actually works if you're going to have Prince of Mucamara, um, hurt for any length of time, because that's, that's similar to how. Uh, Prince likes to play in, in his um, his technique, whereas Kyle Fuller is more of an off man um, zone type of corner. So it it kind of works from from that perspective. And then Bryce Callahan is just he's having a Pro Bowl type year, in my opinion. I mean, he's playing so 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 good. This is a guy who's always had the talent. He's just been been beat up. I mean, he just he's a small guy gets hurt a lot. Um, if he can stay healthy this year, he's in line for a nice little payday at the end of the season. Um, a guy who's been really, really quiet so far this season has been Adrian Amos. Um, I, I kind of noticed that in the preseason. It didn't, it didn't look like he was doing a whole lot. Um, maybe that's just because the, the ball carriers aren't getting to him. Um you know, everybody in front of him is so good that he just doesn't have a chance to, to do a whole lot. But uh um yeah, I I don't know. Maybe he needs to get the the junior or whatever taken back off his jersey and and I don't know, maybe that's the only difference I see from from last season. Or maybe he's upset that he's not he didn't get a contract. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's up with him. Um he was never really a guy who made a ton of ton of plays, you know. But he usually would would you know come up with a a big stick or two um each game and and a lot of times you know he was good with with the short passes and and keeping that to a short gain or a no gain um tackles for loss things like that he's good in the run game so i don't i don't know if he's just playing <clears throat> deeper and and playing more coverage this year um I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what, what the deal is. I might have to, to look into that and do a little bit of a deeper dive. But I have not been super impressed with Amos. But at the same time, I don't notice him doing anything wrong. So he's just kind of a guy out there right now. And I don't know if that's just the byproduct of this defense being, you know, so good right now that, you know, it you can have a guy who um, you thought had a chance to go to the Pro Bowl last year kind of non, a non-factor in in, in the uh, defense this year so interesting times interesting times to be a bears fan that is for sure so just some housekeeping things here obviously i'm um, gonna wrap this one up here but uh when you see the gridiron that's that's uh this is an official Windy City Gridiron podcast going forward. So, again, you know, check out the blog. Um, I write over there. There's a bunch of good guys that write over there as well. Um, lots of good content every single day. So definitely put in your bookmarks on your on your web browser. Um, also, like I said, WCG Radio, Robert Zaglinski, he does all the pre-post game kind of stuff awesome podcast definitely check that one out and then uh lester wilfong jr our fearless leader has got his t formation conversation that is coming over to the wcg umbrella as well so that's some things that we're we're really excited about um you know it's just the the grand rollout of of all the podcasts for sb nation so we're we're super excited um So you can catch me, you know, write my blog there also at uh, the Lube Sports and then catch me on Twitter at BearsLink82 and also be sure to be on the lookout for my YouTube channel, which just got started up this past week. Uh, The the, uh, video diary is called Mitch Please. So check that out, although the name is subject to change now that we don't have to have you know, a a weekly uh Mitch Mitch report. I I don't know that I'm gonna necessarily make it all about that. I I do think that I'm going to do um something with with the rookies um you know sometime during the bye week and I might also get to something as well about um the the kind of impact that Adam Shaheen is gonna have when he is finally healthy and that should be coming. Hopefully fingers crossed within the next few weeks. Um, Deion Sims, like I mentioned, is been bad, but he's been open a whole lot. He's been the forgotten man with all the other weapons on the field. So if Shaheen can fill that role and also be the forgotten man who baby, this, this offense is going to be pretty difficult to stop. So that's going to do it for me. Um, so yeah, bear down and Again, this is Andrew Link, and I am the monster on the mic. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation.